Hi, my friends. Welcome to episode 70. Woo, woo. Oh, my God. What was that noise? I sound like a train. My kids make so much fun of me when I make that noise. Court said the other day, what is that? I was like, I'm a singer. I cheer in octaves, in keys. The key of excited lady. But we're on episode 70. Thank you for being here. I'm talking about rage today. Uh, Whether or not you experience it, I I think there are some good tools in here for anger, irritation, frustration, any of those things that you may experience. And if you don't, well, call me up and tell me your secret. So enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening. Feel free to pass it along to someone you think may benefit from it. Subscribe to the podcast and I will be with you again soon. Enjoy the episode and have a great day. Thanks for sharing your day with me. I always appreciate it. Hi, everyone. How are you? Oh, I'm in my carfus, as I like to call it, my car office. Sometimes I talk about it on Instagram. Um, when I make little videos in here, it's, you know, for busy women and moms, especially your car is your place. You're in your car a lot. Um, maybe not as much during the last year of the pandemic, but I feel like I never stopped. I'm always going here and there and everywhere. And when I find myself alone and quiet in my car, there's almost nothing better. It's mine. I can do what I want. There are no dirty boys in the background yelling at me. So, I mean, this is really some real mom life here. I am in a Starbucks parking lot. Um, I wish I could say I'm in the parking lot of a favorite independent coffee shop, but I'm not. I'm in a Starbucks parking lot. I will go in in a little bit. And I just dropped the boys off at school and I'm making the most of this time. I love to record in my car because it just feels like, you know, nothing can get to me. There's no barking dog. Hopefully no one knocking on my window and I can just let my thoughts flow. So today I want to talk about rage. This may not be something that you've ever considered in your own life or something that you experience. Maybe it's something you experience every once in a blue moon and great for you if that's the case only. Some of you may experience it more and I have been experiencing it a lot and consistently and I've been doing a lot of paying attention to it, reading about it, seeing what other women, other coaches, other people post about rage as it relates to women and moms, especially moms and I want to talk about that today because as I always do, you know, I kind of share these real processes that I'm taking part in, embarking in, things I'm moving through, working on, helping myself with so that I can also help you. And that's what launched me on this podcast journey, what launched me into coaching, um, what makes me a better coach every day, and I think a better person and friend because I am deeply 
connected to and working on everything in my life and creating these tools that I can pass on to you. And I really mean it that, you know, everything I share, I hope that you can apply to your life in real time right away. Um, You know, we have such busy lives, regardless of our circumstances. I mean, if we're sitting on the couch all by ourselves all day, every day, um, we don't have busy external lives. We're not running from place to place doing 10 jobs or, you know, managing a household or taking care of aging parents or all of the many things we do. But I bet you anything, if you're sitting on the couch all day, every day, um, you don't have a busy external life, but you have a very busy internal life in your brain, wondering how it is that you might lead a more fulfilling life. What are you doing with your life? What's your purpose? What are your goals? How are you going to reach them? So we all have busy lives in different forms. There's being physically busy and, you know, having your schedule packed. And then there's being really busy in your mind and spiritually and emotionally. And frankly, most of us are that, you know, we're working through things all of the time, every day. And some of us focus on it more than others. You know, I have to remind myself, even as I share things on Instagram or, Uh, you know, here, even when I know that you are listening to this or you are showing up on Instagram, people are showing up and reading that stuff and staying there because they want to hear it. But even with that said, I know that I am so neck deep in this and personal growth stuff. um, And not everyone is, you know, and so, so much of my mission in what I share is sharing spiritual tools that are accessible. And sometimes even when I use the word spiritual, I can feel people in my sort of everyday life kind of cringe a little bit like, eh, I don't want to go there. Like that's all about like, you know, sitting in a circle and like passing the peace pipe and talking about our feelings and maybe talking about astrology and the universe. And like, that's not my thing. That is woo woo bananas. And I, I really hear that. Like I've always been drawn to that sort of stuff. Um, long before I knew it had a sort of place in life or what the genre was or what the language was, I was always drawn to all the things that we consider to be quote unquote spiritual or in the spiritual realm or woo woo. I love the word woo woo because I think it's a word that skeptics use and people who don't um, consider themselves spiritual at all. And, you know, I really want to bridge the gap for people who are spiritually curious and make the woo-woo accessible and not feel uncomfortable and not feel like, you know, you've got to like put on a cape and like play Stevie Nicks and start spinning around and, you know, do jungle medicine and look at the stars and get the answers from your spirit guides. Like those things have their place. But I know that you're not specifically my people. Um, And I know that you dabble or you're interested in it, but that really this is about 
finding tools to aid in your own personal growth and development. And what it's really about is about strengthening your relationship with yourself, you know, finding greater inner peace and fulfillment in your life that is so busy, whether it's your internal life or your external life or both, probably both, right? Um, But I want to distill this information for you and this stuff I've always been interested in, which frankly, I've combined the woo-woo I've always been interested in with my 17 years of more traditional talk therapy um, that has been fully focused on self-care. Thank you to you, man, who helps me if you are listening. (laughs) And I make this um, something that I hope is accessible for you and provides these tools that you can apply every day. So all that being said, when I first started this podcast, I would process things in real time. Like I would use this podcast almost as a a diary or a way to work through things. When I first uh, became sober curious and removed alcohol and it was sort of an experiment and then you know I would talk about things like oh, I'm going to my high school reunion and what's that going to be like I'm feeling all of this anxiety or I would process things about parenting and struggles with my um my kids and you know cry through that on here now and and listen I see no shame or harm in that and in that process that I used to use and it was extremely cathartic for me and I know it resonated with a lot of you so I'm grateful for that um and it was a process too of kind of moving through this and figuring out what this podcast is and what my message is and who I'm talking to but what I realize now is that I through coaching people regularly and also going through my own process in life nonstop every day with various aspects of my life, I tend to process things and work through things and feel things and then really work on them and distill them and then bring them to you here more when I have greater clarity and I'm able to better share a message with you that I think, um, is useful rather than, um, kind of crying and working through it in real time. So neither way is better. I don't know. It's just what I'm doing. I'm kind of just sharing this with you, especially for those of you who have been along this journey with me, you probably notice a little bit of an evolution. And the thing is guys, you know, you're experiencing this in real time with me with this podcast and my Instagram specifically that this has been a process and you see my evolution and how I've been finding my way as I move through this, you know, I started this over two and a half or over two years ago, um, before I had even decided to train and become a coach. So, um, everything we do in life is a process and it is all about evolving and it is a process to become who we are. Even if we begin at 42 years old, You know, it doesn't matter when you begin your process of self-exploration, personal growth, personal development, personal forgiveness, um, you know, working on your self-worth, releasing self-doubt, recognizing what your limiting beliefs are and being willing to let them go. 
identifying the things that are holding you back. All these things, it doesn't matter how old or how young you are when you decide to make a change. Um, And it takes consistency to see the results. Little by little, a little becomes a lot. That is the way it works. And with anything in life, the more we do it, the more we find clarity and and achieve greater understanding about what it is that we want out of our lives. And the more we strengthen our relationship with ourselves. What I've learned is that not everybody understands that strengthening their relationship with themselves is what they want. Some women can identify that straight off the bat. My relationship with myself is important to me. I'm out of touch with myself. I want to get back to it. Some people can't. A lot of people can't. And, you know, so many people don't understand that the sort of keys to the kingdom, the keys to unlock the door to a more fulfilling life. And what does that mean? Fulfilling life. That means a life where you are on a day-to-day basis, more content, have greater inner peace. You are saying yes to the things you want to say yes to. You're saying no to the things you don't want to do. Um, you know, you're prioritizing yourself. You, um, are, choosing yourself first, as I like to say, showing up for yourself. All these things lead to a more fulfilling life. And the way to achieve that more fulfilling life really, really is um, by putting yourself, putting yourself first, you know, the keys to the kingdom lie in strengthening your relationship with yourself. And that's what so many people don't recognize. So I have come so far, but there are still, of course, of course, things that I'm working on. This is a never ending process. We are all always evolving. And there will be things that feel easier to me at certain times and things that feel harder. And then something new will rise up and I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's an issue. Like that's a huge thing that I'm suffering from or dealing with and that I have to address. So I'm bringing it all back to where I began. You think I can't do it, but I always come back to where I began most often, usually when I'm focused, I'm able to do it. And that is with rage, rage against the machine, rage against the mom machine, rage against the life we're living. Okay. Rage is something that I didn't know I experienced. That sounds crazy, right? Um, so I guess what I've realized, what I've learned, the truth is that I, if I did experience rage before I quit drinking, I wasn't aware of it. What I believe to be true is that any rage I may have felt, and I'm speaking about this specifically in regards to my relationship with my children and how I communicate with them, and also sometimes my husband. If I experienced it back when I was drinking, um, I, uh, it was very, very rare and nothing that was uncomfortable or that I identified. What I think is true is that when things were hard, um, I would drink enough, even a glass of wine or two, to create the soft edge so that it felt easier and um, uh, more tolerable. 
And so I never got to the point of feeling the rage with my kids. I mean, very, very rarely. And I certainly didn't experience rage with my husband as often where I would, I did have explosions with him where I would scream and yell and did not have that sort of strong communication with him. And that took a lot of, and still does, you know, marriage therapy where we have learned how to communicate and how to argue. So I'm just going to leave that there. I don't want to get into really the marriage stuff because um, it's not really where I experience rage. Um, but I do want to just give a soft plug for consistent work with your partner on your relationship and getting help learning how to communicate and how to argue. It is just vital. I mean, it's not natural for two human beings to come together and um, be totally different people and know how to live together for all eternity without there being uh, difficulties and challenges in communicating. It, that's just not the way it works. Like, find me one person who says that living with someone is smooth sailing all the time. No, not possible. So guess what? The same is true for parenting. You know, you create these beautiful beings or bring these beautiful beings into your life in any way that you do on purpose, hopefully, and you want them, you love them more than anything. It is absolutely true what they say that it's like, you know, having your heart on the outside of your body and you didn't know your love was so big and boundless and it's just unbelievable. I mean, I've never experienced a feeling like it. Um, it is also the most difficult and most painful thing I've ever experienced is raising children and being a parent and mine are seven and nine. I have a long ways to go and I've come real, hopefully, you know, like my father is 82 and I am 45. And he says to me, I will never stop being a parent. You know, I will always worry about you. I will, I will always wonder how you are. And, um, you know, sometimes that feels, um, confining or difficult or frustrating, but mostly I'm grateful. And I get that feeling. Um, now I get it. So it's the most difficult thing I've ever done. And the rage that I feel has shown itself without having alcohol in my life to create the soft edges. So it's really, really difficult to never have the soft edges, to never feel like, you know, I just want to relax in this way, take the edge off, as people say. That is so literal, right? Um, I can feel that visceral feeling right now of what it feels like to have the first sip, two sips of wine, and the edge comes off. And sometimes it's a matter of, you know, that can be what stands in between me popping my top off. And that doesn't sound right. <laughs> popping my top off. That's what stands in between me losing my shit, dropping my basket, as I like to say, um, and not, and I don't have that anymore. So I've had to completely work on all of these tools for, um, getting through hard situations, whether it's taking deep breaths, walking away, certainly exercising, absolutely meditation. You know, I am way more able to manage my life in all its many ways now that I do consistent meditation and I've only done it. Uh, regularly since the end of December. And it, 
you know, it took me forever listening to people saying how beneficial it is. And finally I started doing it and it does help, but I have to have many, many, many tools that I use and sharpen and, you know, bring out every single day in an effort to manage my life in a way that's reasonable and not scream and yell. Um, when I'm angry, when I'm frustrated, when I'm pushed to my limit, when my kids don't listen to me, when they ask me nonstop for things, when, when just all the things that they do that drive me bananas. So the rage is something that has shown itself to be something in my life that exists. What does that look like for me? What does that feel like? You may relate to some of this. So it's when I get really, I just say, push to my limit and I will feel hot in my entire body. And it's as if my head is going to explode. And instead of in that moment, finding a way so that my, finding a way through it so that my head doesn't explode and I don't scream and yell, what I've been doing is exploding. What does that look like? Oh my God. Yelling, screaming, banging around. If I'm in the car, I'll like hit the steering wheel um, and I will just get so angry and, you know, I'll repeat myself. I'll say things like, you know, you push me and you push me and you push me and you push me and you ask for things and you don't listen and you're not listening and you're disrespecting me. It's all this stuff for me. What I, what I feel it as is that I'm being disrespected. I'm not being listened to that. They are selfish, soul sucking, energy sucking leeches that only care about themselves, that only care about, you know, their basic human needs. Don't give a crap about how I feel. Don't care about listening to what I say and are just here to make my life harder. That's how I feel. Now, we know that's not true. They are kids. They are developmentally appropriate for where they are. They will be next year too, whatever those ages are. And I can only imagine what it will be like when they're teenagers. And I'll come back and listen to this. But the point is that when I reach that point of feeling rage, I feel it in my whole body. So... It rises up from my toes to the top of my head. I feel hot. I feel shaky. Um, It's almost like I can feel my blood boiling. I think that's why there is that saying, feel my blood boiling. Some people call it blind rage. And that is a thing because I can't see straight, certainly can't see the forest for the trees. Um, No longer can really see or feel or experience my children, I just am like a train, a bullet train that has left the station. There's no going back. And I'm like a screaming, swirling banshee. Um, And I have lost my mind in that moment. So what happens after it, because it only lasts usually when I, uh, you know, pop off in that way, it usually only lasts two to three minutes, but it is ugly. Oh my God. Ugly, loud, just all the things and, and extremely, I believe damaging to my kids. I can't take back what I've done, you know, and how aggressive it is and how scary and uncomfortable it must be for them. 
I experienced similar things in certain ways as a child. I know the impact it has on me. I know I'm repeating toxic behavior that I never wanted to repeat. Um, that And that's what I'm left with, you know, is that regret, that remorse that I'm repeating behavior I don't want to repeat. And I think as parents um, and as women and as humans moving through life, that's ultimately what feels the worst is when we behave in ways that we know we don't want to. And when we know that there was another way through a situation and we took the easy way out, which was losing it, yelling, banging around, not being true to ourselves, not being true to our nature. So I'll say for me, it feels extremely uncomfortable because of all the ways I'll punish myself in thinking about how I may have damaged my kids forever. There's no going back. They're irreparably damaged. I've destroyed them. I'm a terrible mom. Like all of this negative self-talk that we do, we all have negative self-talk about different things. You know, I've mentioned that before. That's a thing we all experience that we've really got to work on removing and speak to speaking to ourselves in a better way. But, you know, I go into this spiral of negative self-talk about it. It's instant regret, remorse, shame, fear, loathing. Um, and what I've realized is that there's there, there are so many things I coach women about and talk to people about and share about, about how to remove these things from your life, how to remove shame, self-doubt, step into your self-worth, speak to yourself with kindness, um, you know, remove that kind of circular thinking, get out of your head and the fear and get into your heart where the love lives and move forward powerfully by being more present, more conscious, all this stuff. And of course, I still have things and will always have things that I struggle with. And this is it, guys. I'm sharing this with you openly, honestly, vulnerably. My communication with my kids, my relationship with my children, and the rage that I am experiencing when they set me off, whether or not they mean to, they are children, being children, the rage is the thing that I am struggling with the most. So... Let's talk about some tools that we can use because this is how I'm working on it. So I'm working on recognizing when I am reaching my limit rather than getting to that point because when I'm at that point where I'm about to completely lose it and explode, it's too late. It's really hard in that moment to go, oh, Grace, let's just take a step back and, you know, let's count to five or count to 10 or take a walk outside. Like there is someone else controlling my body at that point. I am not driving the bus and I am for better or worse. I can't tell you why. Um, you know, this probably requires deeper digging and more therapy, but I am hell bent on making that situation worse in that moment. So have you ever been there experiencing something, whatever it is, where it's all going wrong? It feels terribly. You're not communicating in the way that you want to be. And you're like, well, I'm just going to make this worse. I'm going to keep on going. It is a way of punishing ourselves when we do that. It's a way of self-flagellating you know, punishing yourself, making things worse. I know in that moment how bad I'm going to feel when it's over. And yet I keep 
going? Why do I punish myself? Why do we punish ourselves? Why do we want ourselves to feel bad? I don't know. Let's look into that more. You know, as a coach, I focus so much on moving forward and, um, you know, we don't dig into, you know, what is this pattern that I learned as a child for, um, punishing myself. And so there's work to be done there, but I know how to move powerfully forward. And it is here that we want to get to the place where we are able to control our feelings and stop ourselves from exploding before we are at level 10. So we want to identify it when we're at like level five or six and remove ourselves from the situation then. Um, then we also, when we're at level one or two, like today I'm at a level one or two feeling pretty great. I want to be sure that I'm doing all the things consistently that make me feel good. Right? So like I meditated this morning. I also beyond meditating, I've now taken, decided to take and take quiet time every day just to think, which I never used to do, you know, always with books and podcasts in my ears or whatever it is. Um, meditation is great, but if you really can't quiet your thoughts, it also is good to give yourself quiet time to think. So that's something I do. Definitely exercise, definitely time for myself. Like yesterday I went and got a manicure and pedicure. It was incredibly restorative and I love getting my nails done. You know, calling a friend, um, getting therapy for whatever it is you want to dig up and solve from your past or things you're working on now, coaching for things you want to work through powerfully now that you're stuck in, that you want to move forward from, um, hobbies, right? Like playing music, listening to music, writing, painting, going for a bike ride. You know, there's this self-care stuff that falls under the quote unquote self-care stuff. Yeah. Getting a massage, Um, those are great things. Self-care is also, and perhaps most significantly doing this sort of, uh, digging spiritual excavation. I like to call it on yourself and identifying the things that are frustrating for you. So I'm talking about the rage that comes up with my children. I spend time when I'm at a level one or two, as I am today, this morning, before anything has gotten my panties in a bunch, I spend time thinking about um, the things that bother me and how I can move through them in a better way. So like I will spend conscious time thinking about the way I communicate with my kids, the things that are hard, the things that don't work, the things that do work, the things I want to do differently next time. So a combination of all this stuff, the sort of self-care stuff as you know it, you know, painting, biking, getting a massage, getting a manicure and pedicure, getting good sleep, eating well, talking to a friend, listening to this podcast, um, those things. And then also the more sort of spiritual digging, quiet thinking about your life. What do you really want? What are the things you're struggling with? How might you handle them differently? Thinking about those things when you're calm and feeling great. Um, And then definitely the things that help you release tension. So exercise, 
great conversations. Sex, that's a great one. I never mentioned that here. All the things that you can do to release the tension before you get to a level 10. And this all matters, right? Like this is all what I talk about. I've said before, like the combo platter, like the poo-poo platter at the Chinese restaurant I used to get as a kid. This has to be a combination of how you care for yourself and how I care for myself so that I'm not getting to a level 10. So what I'm working on identifying now is before I get to rage level 10, what is it that I'm experiencing? So after I have these blowups, which I have had three in the last week, which is why I'm having this moment here, why I'm recording this podcast, I'm working on identifying what happened just before I got to a level 10. So for me, I've identified that I haven't sweat enough. Like, yeah, I've gone for walks. I've gone with the dog. I have not sweat. I have not danced. I have not jogged. I have not done cardio. I have not released things from my body in any of the myriad ways you can release things from your body. You have your own list. I have my own. You know, you can imagine what all those various things are. So I hadn't done any of those things consistently or enough. Um, My schedule was too packed. I needed to try and say no to more. And I did. I said no to going to my kids baseball game Friday night because I could not handle one more thing. And that's hard. That is hard. That is a hard boundary. That's my baby who said to me, you're not going to come to my game, but I needed to step away. So yeah, I just identified that like I hadn't sweat and released enough. I hadn't taken enough time for myself. Um, you know, what else hadn't I done enough? Um, I hadn't had good enough sleep. Um, just various things also too. um, I had reached my limit with them because I had noticed a pattern of them really doing terrible listening. And that's something I have to work on that falls under the parenting category. And I do my own digging and work on that. I always say here, I'm not a parenting expert. Um, if anyone is, please reach out to me. But you know, I do digging and work and research and reading on the thing that is hard for me. So whatever that is for you, educate yourself. You know, I learn new tools for parenting and communicating with my kids and I try them out all the time. So again, let's just sum this up. The most important thing we can do is when we're at a level one or two and feeling really good is think about the things that are hard and how we might approach them differently next time so that we don't get to the level 10 of frustration, anger. For me, I call it rage because it really is rage. I mean, it's like a fiery explosion, but for you, it could be, it could feel like anger. It could feel like frustration. It could feel like irritation. When does that happen for you? Does it happen when you're in traffic? You know, does it happen when your husband or partner doesn't listen to you? Um, Does it happen when something breaks in your house? Does it happen when you're at work and you have to do something you don't want to do and it's taking all day? When does it happen for you? And how can you um, empower yourself so that in that moment you're not losing your cool? Because the the sum of this, the moral of the story of all of this is that getting to the level 10 and experiencing the rage, the explosion, the, the, the worst of it, it feels 
horrible. It feels horrible. And for me, I don't know about you, it takes me at least like 12 hours to come down from it. You know, I spend all day feeling terribly. So if this happens to you, I want to also reiterate that when you're coming down from it, and you're going into that self-flagellation, negative self-talk, ruminating, feeling terribly about what's gone on, it's really, really important and vital that you shift into the positive self-talk and that you work immediately on forgiving yourself. I will literally walk and drive around thinking, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you for the things you did and said. You will do better next time. You will work on doing better. And if you don't do better next time, you'll do better the time after that. But I forgive you and you've got to move forward. We are moving forward. I will just repeat that to myself because we are worthy and deserving of forgiveness. We don't have to beat ourselves up over the mistakes we make. So I hope this is helpful and useful to you. I truly, truly do. Whether rage is something you experience or if it looks or feels like something different and has a different name for you, um, I just hope this can be of benefit to you. Oh, let's take a deep breath. That was a lot. Sometimes I think I don't breathe. I just say one full sentence for 35 minutes. Oh, feels so good to take a breath in through your nose and out through your mouth and just show up for yourself. You already have, if you've listened to this, you've shown up for yourself. So thank you for being here. Hope you can get some more quiet time or happy, fun, busy time for yourself doing things you love, whatever works and pass this along with someone you think may benefit from it or enjoy it. Give it a subscribe. Um, if you would, and I'm just sending you so much love. I hope that spring has sprung and that you're happy wherever you are. And I'll be back with you again here soon. Bye.